Hey, it's Dave. So in this video, I'm going to be going over why Tesla stock is a big buy, according to Goldman Sachs. So yesterday, Yahoo Finance released this article it says Tesla stock is a big buy, Goldman Sachs says. And it highlights an, an analyst note from Mark Delaney, right, the Goldman Sachs um, analyst covering the auto market. The article starts out and says, Goldman Sachs analyst Mark Delaney believes there is more upside to Tesla. Delaney's hot take comes after a meeting with Tesla's head of investor relations, Martin Vietz. All right, so for the past 10 years since I've been invested in Tesla, the most important analyst notes are usually the ones that come out after meeting with Tesla Investor Relations. And this is because Tesla's IR, or let's say Martin Vietje in this case, is sharing with this analyst, with these analysts, the most important up-to-date information. For example, how demand is, what supply, what the production rate is. And they're sharing with these analysts the most important points that investors need to know right now. So this is actually a pretty important um, analyst note. The big question is why is Goldman Sachs analyst Mark Delaney bullish on Tesla? And this is what we're going to focus on in this video. All right, so the first takeaway from his analyst note in this article is that Tesla costs are headed lower. So it says in this article, quote, Tesla's automotive cost of goods sold per vehicle fell to about $36,000 in 2021 from over $70,000 in 2017. So a large part of that was because, let's say, Model S and X was basically almost their only cars, let's say, in 2017 um, that they were selling. However, a large part of it also is Tesla's driving down right, the cost of their vehicles um, over this past four-year period. While this metric increased in the second quarter, driven by factory shutdowns, factory startup costs, and input cost pressure, cost of goods sold per car can trend lower over time as Tesla benefits from the ramp of Berlin and Austin factories, and the reduced percentage of vehicles coming from Fremont, which is a converted IC factory with higher costs than Tesla's purpose-built EV factories, scale and vehicle platform and battery improvements. All right, so here are my thoughts on this first kind of point from Goldman Sachs. I think affordability ultimately determines determines right, the total addressable market. In other words, if you're going to have a fifty dollars or $100,000 right, car, there's going to be a limited market for that. But as the cost of the car drops, you're going to radically increase the total addressable market. And this is one of the key kind of challenges and focuses that Tesla has going forward. One of the reasons why Tesla doesn't have a super cheap car right now is they don't need to. They're planning right, their growth of an addressable market slowly and incrementally over time to keep pace with their 50% right, annual uh, growth targets. So Elon Musk and Tesla are keen keenly aware that growing right their unit sales 50% over time year over year is going to require right the growing of this total addressable market. And the key factor in doing that is they're going to be lowering the cost of goods through manufacturing efficiencies. And this is one of the key focuses for Tesla going forward, which is basically right the machine that builds the machine. So I think Tesla is able to innovate quicker than other automakers with manufacturing. And there's several reasons for this. First, Tesla has fewer and larger factories, right? They don't have dozens of factories in dozens of countries around the world. Um, if, you, if they had that, then it would be very difficult, right, to innovate on these manufacturing efficiencies across all the factories. So Tesla having fewer factories and larger factories is actually a big advantage. Next, Tesla has fewer vehicle models. So they largely depend on the Model 3 and Model Y, which is basically one platform. And this is actually a huge advantage because they can really focus on making that platform the best 
it could possibly be. And they implement radical just innovations continuously and making that right um, the key focus for Tesla. Number three, Tesla has tighter integration with engineering and their factories. So the engineers are deeply involved, not just in creating the factories, but in building the machines and innovating in all the processes right that the manufacturing goes through. And this tight integration that Tesla has is really a big advantage. All right, number four, Tesla is focused on building new factories rather than retrofitting existing factories. This is one of the challenges that existing OEMs have is they have a ton of factories all over the world and they're, ha they're having to retrofit these factories, which is a lot more difficult. Tesla's able to start from a clean slate and have new generations, right, of manufacturing efficiencies with their new factories. All right, number five is Tesla has a greater urgency and sense of mission to accelerate the transition to sustainable energy. This is one of the reasons why Tesla moves faster, right? They have more ambitious goals and yeah, they're innovating more quickly with manufacturing because they have a big and a more important reason to do so. All right, number six, Tesla has an ability to attract the world's best engineers because of right the mission, uh, the culture, um, the leadership involved with Tesla. And because of that, they're able to innovate with manufacturing faster as well. Number seven, Tesla is implementing improvements right away with their vehicles rather than waiting for model years like other automakers. In other words, a lot of automakers, right, they kind of batch all their improvements with uh, with a model year. And oftentimes the model year improvements aren't even that uh, significant. For Tesla, they're continuously implementing a lot of their improvements right away. Every week they're improving um, their cars and what goes into their cars. Number eight, Tesla has um, tight vertical integration and they will take in-house what they need to. They'll build the products right that they need to if they can build it better and cheaper. And this helps with improving manufacturing and lowering costs. Next, number nine, Tesla is pushing the limits. The same way that Tesla got the Model 3 to be under $40,000, this is the same way Tesla will lower costs going forward, meaning Tesla has this approach where they innovate through thousands and thousands of approaches. Every single part and every single process is fair game and is actually a target for Tesla to try to improve right, its cost efficiencies. And that approach of innovating right, through driving down costs and building things better through thousands of different ways, that's one of the ethos and one of the core competitive advantages I think that Tesla has. All right, let's go on to take away number two um, from this Goldman Sachs uh, note. They say that Tesla is a winner from the Inflation Reduction Act, IRA. So we know this act was passed into law. Um, here it says, quote, a lot will depend on guidance from the government about how the law will be interpreted. Tesla has more local manufacturing than average with Model 3 and Y recognized as the most American-made vehicle per media sources. And we believe this will be a positive for Tesla to potentially qualify for at least partial credits on some vehicles over time. And Tesla could potentially benefit as well, in our view, from incentives for solar, batteries, charging, and commercial vehicles. All right, so the U.S. government has yet to define these exact guidelines on which EVs are going to qualify for the amount of credits, let's say, for next year. However, I'm pretty optimistic. I think Tesla will be the dominant winner of the Inflation and Reduction Act, and there are several reasons for this. First, so number one, Tesla can adjust their raw material supply chain for batteries and cells quicker than other automakers. In other words, Tesla, because they're so deeply ingrained with the whole battery supply chain, and they've been doing so for many years, right? They actually source um, these raw materials. Tesla's able to move quicker. Let's say there's some materials that they need to change and source from a country that has a free trade agreement with the U.S., Tesla's able to do this, I think, a lot faster than any other auto OEM out there. Second, Tesla is the most integrated automaker out there, meaning they source their raw materials, they're making batteries, right? They're making cars, they have their own service, their own software, FSD, etc. And because of this, I think Tesla is able to adjust uh, much quicker than other auto 
OEMs. All right, number three, I expect the U.S. government to release a more lenient interpretation for their first couple of years to give automakers a chance to realize some of these electric vehicle credits. And we're going to probably see right the release of these guidelines in the next few months or so. Number four, Tesla has the highest demand right for their electric vehicles that equals pricing power, meaning of all the electric vehicles people are interested in, right? Tesla tops the list. And this is another reason why Tesla will benefit greatly from these EV tax credits. All right, number five, Tesla will get extra credits um, from the government for battery production, right? For their factories, for energy storage, solar and semi. There's actually a ton of interesting um, credits for sustainable energy that Tesla will uh, be eligible for. And because Tesla is a sustainable energy company, they're going to be one of the most massive beneficiaries of the Inflation Reduction Act. All right, so what will be the result here? The result is Tesla will have a higher demand of their EVs because there's going to be a lower effective consumer price due to the EV tax credits. Therefore, Tesla will likely have to raise or adjust their pricing to meet this higher demand. And because of the higher pricing, Tesla will have higher gross margins, higher operating margins, and higher profits. And as all of this is being realized over the next few years to several years, analysts and investors are going to have to adjust their expectations and I think increase their valuation estimates. All right, so some people might ask, what is the biggest catalyst for Tesla stock in the next one to two years? In my opinion, it is clearly Tesla growing operating margins and profits faster right, than people expected. I think Tesla was already on the track to growing operating margins and profits faster than expected without the EV tax credits. So these EV tax credits are just like pouring gasoline on the fire. I think Tesla is going to grow these operating margins and profits much, much faster right, than analysts and investors are expecting. All right, the third takeaway from this Goldman Sachs note is that tight EV supply supports higher prices and profits. So quote, Tesla believes that consumers will increasingly move toward EVs similar to other technology inflections, for example, CRT to LCD TVs and feature phones to smartphones. But the EV industry could be supply constrained over the intermediate term as new battery component supply and assembly takes time to ramp. So in other words, even if EV automakers are trying to ramp and increase their production, they might have a hard time because there's a limited and a constrained battery and component supply um, element here. So Tesla, however, is in an interesting position because they're probably the most aggressive in securing the complete battery supply chain from raw materials, etc. And they've been doing this actually for many years. And it's all to support right their ongoing 50% year-over-year growth targets and eventually to reach 20 million vehicles a year within 10 years. Elon Musk has been talking about right his Tesla master plan part three that he's working on. This is a bigger, bolder, clearer and I think more compelling right master plan than any other automaker has right to secure the supply chain needed to massively increase right, EV production for Tesla. In my opinion, I think this master plan part three, even though it hasn't been released, I think when it is released, I think we'll see that is more ambitious than probably all the other automakers combined. All right, so the article wraps up with Goldman's investment thesis on Tesla. So here it is. He says, we believe that Tesla, given its leadership position in EVs, including its vertical integration and tight coupling of hardware and software, as well as its ecosystem of charging stations and brand, and its focus on clean transportation more broadly, given its solar and storage businesses, is well positioned to capitalize on the long-term shift to EVs. We expect Tesla to expand margins in the intermediate term as it ramps an important Model Y product, as well as new factories in Berlin, Germany, and Austin, Texas, and in the long term as it increases its mix of software revenue. All right, I think this was well said by Goldman Sachs analyst Mark Delaney. It really describes a lot of the positive catalysts and reasons to be bullish, right, on Tesla for the next uh, few years. Um, Tesla in the 
intermediate term is going to be expanding margins because of their Model Y ramp, but also because they're ramping Berlin and Austin at the moment. So for the next several quarters, yeah, I think we are going to see actually healthy margin expansion um, from these factors, as well as, let's say, the EV tax credits in the U.S. Then longer term, you have margin expansion due to software revenue. For example, the FSD or full self-driving option uptake, right, is increasing in pricing over time. And as the futures get more robust, more people will um, take that option and increase uh, Tesla software margin. However, there's also this robo-taxi element. And I've been thinking about this this past uh, few days. This robo-taxi thing, I think people are sleeping on it in general. And it's because they see the faults, right, of, let's say, the current FSD beta uh, drives. However, FSD beta has been getting massively better over the past year since I've had it um, in my car. And I've noticed the pace of improvement is just mind-blowing. And what Tesla can do right now in FSD beta, imagine what Tesla is going to be able to do in a year or two. I'm very confident I think with RoboTaxi's eventual right, release, not just release, but rollout, I think it's going to take a few years. Tesla's going to have to accrue billions of miles right, of data to convince regulators right, of RoboTaxi and RoboTaxi safety. But once Tesla's able to do this, this is a completely new product. It's a new addressable market, and it's huge, right? It's transportation as a service. Before, the whole market that automakers were addressing was basically a hardware market, right? A vehicle hardware. You sell a one-time purchase, $20,000, $30,000 to a, a customer, and then it's the end of sale, and you get a low margin off of this. But what RoboTaxis does, it completely creates a new type of market for Tesla. It's not selling just, let's say, vehicle hardware and getting a margin off of that. It's an ongoing transportation as a service model. Now, this model is actually high margin. It's sustainable. It's not just a one-time off hardware sale. It's an ongoing recurring right, transaction model. And I think it's actually a much more lucrative model than the one-time hardware vehicle model. And I don't think many analysts are factoring this into their price targets or even into their long-term plans. I think most of them are taking this wait-and-see approach. We'll see if Tesla ever releases a robotaxi and if they do then at that time right we will analyze right its potential and its impact on valuation so for those who um, are early adopters who have FSD beta right in their cars who are tracking it I think they have an advantage to analyze and address and see what Tesla's potential is going forward in this huge market all right a quick personal update I'm at the Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado right now I've been here for the past week I've had a fantastic time with my family over the past three months, we've been going through various national and state parks, and we're slowly going to be wrapping up our trip by heading back to Texas over the next few weeks. And so this past summer, you've noticed I probably haven't done as many videos as I normally have done, and that's mostly because I'm traveling, we're driving, we're checking out, we're hiking all day, and I've decided to kind of more focus right on family and my health. So anyways, hopefully in a few weeks, I'll be back in Austin, Texas, and it'll be easier to put out some more videos and actually interview actually some people that I've been wanting to interview. And a final personal update, many of you have been following some of the stuff I've been doing with Afghanistan over the past year. A year ago, I interviewed on this channel a few Afghan students in Canada who had their families in Kabul at that time. And over the next few weeks, we were able to work quickly and get several of these families out of Kabul and into Pakistan. Through the help of several um, donors and myself, we were able to give stipends for these families to live in Pakistan um, while they tried to find other resettlement opportunities. Over the course of the past year, one of my major projects has been trying to help these families find a way out of Pakistan. And the best opportunity has been Canada. Canada has a fantastic sponsorship program for refugees, and they released actually a, a special program for Afghan refugees. And we've been trying to get these families into this program. We 
uh, we're able to turn in application, get full funding, and we've been waiting right on the Canadian process. And just this morning, I learned that two of these families are boarding a flight from Pakistan tomorrow into Canada. They'll be arriving in Canada as not just refugees, but Canada is going to give, give them permanent resident status. And these families complete future and generational future is going to be changed forever. So I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be part of this process. And I'm thankful for those people who've donated actually to this whole project and have been following this. One of the key donors has been uh, Emmett Peppers. He's pretty much matched a lot of my donations with these families and um, helping these families. And so people like Emmett and others who've given um, a special thanks and shout out to them. Um, you've made a huge difference in the lives of not just these families, but their future generations and many generations to come. I'm hoping in the future there can be more opportunities like this because yeah, investing and making money is cool, but what is even better is using right those funds and those resources to make a generational impact. All right, hope this has been helpful. If it has, go ahead, like, and subscribe. All my videos can be found as an audio podcast as well. Just search for Dave Lee on investing in your favorite podcast player. I'm also on Twitter at Heyday7. All right, we'll see you guys in my next video. Thanks.